It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. And we do start this week on a really sombre note because news reaching us earlier today of the passing of Slav Vavro. You may remember uh, back last year uh, in the springtime, uh, I undertook 40 days and nights for Slav to raise awareness again of his situation. And we raised lots of money and up the profile for the young lad and the money all went directly towards his care but it just wasn't to be because yesterday he passed away at the age of 17 and he'd been battling with cancer since 2018 the guts of five years and what a fight he put up Louise he was just such a remarkable boy wasn't he yeah it's awful awful news and just thinking there like he was diagnosed he had no teenage years, really. Mm. He spent them fighting mm. uh, the rare form of, of um, sarcoma um, that he had. And he did everything he could. And his mother did absolutely everything. Yes. You know, she could and the family just to help him. They went to the ends of the earth. That's the tribute I'll pay them. They did mm. everything they could. They brought him everywhere they could. They kept trying and trying off different options. And she she wouldn't give him any processed food, all organic. They bought an oxygen chamber. They yes. did absolutely every everything they could to extend his life. Mm. And, you know, five, almost five years it, it has been. But when I met him, just to, for people who might know him, I, I met him on a number of occasions. You know, he was such mm. a quiet lad, reserved, the humble, smile, smile yeah. quiet grateful, very grateful for everything that was done for mm. him and always tried to get back. I know that she tried. He, he did attempt to go back to school. As you said, he had no he had no teenage life at all, but yeah. he tried to go back to school and stay in touch with his friends. And my God, it must have been a lonely time as well for him winning himself when you think of him. And I always whenever I hear Lego, I will yeah. think of Slav Vavro forever. Yeah, and isn't it an irony that the shop opened just in Dublin last mm. week, just last week? Uh, he loved Lego. He just really the did. simple things. That's all mm. he wanted. Mm. And and so many people were so good in sending him sets. Yes. You know, he never seemed to get bored of Lego. No, 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 never. And and, you know, we did our little bit here in LMFM Radio. Uh, when you, I think of people like St. Margaret's Celtic Supporters Club and Adrian Hillman and the crew there, what they did. Drawn Dolls, Natalie Kelly will be talking to in a while and, and their um, huge effort on his behalf. And so many others. You could just keep going on and on. And even, you know, after you did those 40 days and 40 nights and, and raised so much, you know, even weeks later, people were still you know, contacting you and contacting mm. LMFM wondering, how is he? Yes. You know, yeah. how's he getting on? It was still very much in their thoughts. Mm. And he had, uh, what we would you call, remission periods as well, where he was better than others. Uh, mm. But still, it was always there. That was always with him and he had to live with it. And each day he'd waken up. God, he wouldn't know what that 24 hours would, would bring. But I do want to mention his family, his dad, Vlad, 
his mother, Nadia, his uh, brother, Vlad Jr., and his sister, Michaela, and all of the family who were right behind him as well, but especially his mother, Nadia, Mm -hmm. who herself went through very difficult times very recently as well. She wasn't well at all herself, but it never deterred her from supporting her son and keeping him to the forefront. She never allowed his message to to, to fall back and be never. forgotten. Never, ever, ever. And every, every cent raised went to his care. I mean, the poor woman a mm. number of times broke down on the side of the road in, in, in a car like that. Just, you know, she, that fixing the car wasn't important. It no. was all hit the sun the whole time. It was all about him. It was all about Slav all the way. And, you know, it just, it's shocking mm. to think that he's gone. When you contacted me early this morning, I couldn't believe it. I was, it's awful, I was deeply touched. I really was because I remember those 40 days well. And every day I told you I thought about him and I prayed for him and I hoped. And I remember saying to him and his mum out in the hallway of LMFM here I said one day and they were thanking us profusely and you all you out there who who came forward with wonderful donations unbelievable donations I said to him we can give you all this but I only want to give you one thing Slav I would love to be able to give you your health back nothing else if I could do that it would be just the thing that we all want, you know what I mean? And, and he probably gave you that gorgeous smile. He smiled. Mm. He just smiled. He didn't say anything. He just smiled. 17 years of age. It's too young, isn't it? it really is Way too, too young. young. Way too young. Today on Late Lunch, we remember a fantastic person. What a battle he fought. He fought the good fight. But Slav Vavro passed away yesterday. And we remember him and his family with this. Cassidy and Songbird on your late lunch this afternoon. We remember Slav Vavro, 17 years of age, who passed away yesterday. May he rest in peace. Now, a hundred years ago today, yes, it's a century since the assassination of Michael Collins on the 22nd of August, 1922. And with this in mind, Kilmainham Jail Museum, a fabulous place, have a display of uh, certain artefacts associated with Collins. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show this afternoon the curator of collections at Kilmain and Brian Crowley. Hello, Brian. Hi, how are you doing? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Well, today is the day and your exhibition, may I call it, opens today. Give us a feel for what you have, would you? Um, well, I suppose uh, the thing that kind of inspired us to, uh, to launch this today is we have a lot of material related actually to the day Collins died. So uh, we have some, um, for example, a, a note that he wrote to uh, Lady Hazel Lavery, um, which he wrote but never got to send, uh, which was found on his body. And it and a number of other items, very personal items, were given to her by uh, Collins' uh, sister. So we also have a lock of his hair, which we believe was taken after his death. Um, 
he we also have this uh the religious scapular he was wearing at the time he was uh shot and uh we also have kind of interesting we have a, a letter that uh, Sir Shane Leslie of Castle Leslie fame up in, in Monaghan uh, he had written a letter to um, Sir John Lavery about some paintings he had on display in London uh, including a portrait of Hazel and a portrait of Michael Collins and apparently she had shown this letter to Collins and he asked if he could hold on to it and it was found on his body as well so that was uh, sent um, to her by uh, Collins's sister so we have these kind of as a number of very intimate objects related to uh, and personal items related to the day he was killed uh, we also have one or two very significant items in terms of his general career as well so we have a, a silver hairbrush with his name with his signature actually engraved on it uh, that was given to him by his fiance uh, uh, Kitty Kiernan uh, and we also have his army stick which was a kind of a ceremonial silver uh, tipped uh, looks like a walking stick mm. but was actually part of his uniform as a general in the in the new uh, National Army and it's the one that in that very famous photograph of him in uniform you can see he's holding a, yes. a walking stick uh, that kind of explains why a man in his uh, very early 30s would have had a walking stick but uh, that was kind of part of his ceremonial uniform mm. God you have some lovely items indeed I, I, I'm sure this question has been put so many times the fascination with Collins and the, you know, the, the mystery around his death, it endures a century on. Yeah, no, he's definitely, um, like, like even in terms of our own experience with this display, we certainly have got kind of a kind of nearly unprecedented reaction to anything to do with Michael Collins. I suppose it's the fact that he was kind of young and very charismatic and I suppose there's also the the romance of uh, of people who do who do die young and I, he also inspires I think a lot of what if you know what if he had survived would you know would things have been different uh, would we have lived in a, in a in a different Ireland so uh, yeah this is kind of interesting just to just to see uh, you know in, in many ways the fascination seems to be growing rather than uh, anything else um uh, because I said, like there's, there's few other figures that would inspire the same level of of public interest as uh, as Collins. Yes, and I, I I I can see that as well from trying to book a visit uh, yeah. to your place because it's near nigh impossible over the the coming days and weeks, and you're very heavily booked. Yeah, yeah. So the the tours of the of the jail are. You know they get they get booked out very quickly, but just to say to people as well, you know we do have a very significant historical collection on display here, and admission to see that is free and no booking is required. So if you just want to come and see the Michael Collins material and just visit the museum, if you just turn up at the front door, there should be no mm. problem uh, coming in. And we have you know like we have a number of you know permanent displays of historical material, and we've two other Civil War exhibitions on at the moment. Um, we have a, an exhibition of drawings done by a man called Alf McLaughlin. He was a, a nephew of the Pierces, and he was a prisoner in um, uh, Wellington Barracks and Hare Park and Mount Joy on the Republican side. And we have this amazing collection of uh, 39 drawings and portraits, mostly of his fellow prisoners. So we've that on display. And then on the other side, then on the Free State side, we have this, again, really fascinating banner. Uh, it was a silk banner that was commissioned for the takeover of Portobello Barracks in May 1922. Uh, and initially it was embroidered with the names of nine men who had been uh, killed during the War of Independence. And I think it was their way of kind of remembering them at this moment, I suppose, of triumph. But then subsequently three other names were uh, added to the uh, to the banner. Uh, two of them it may, you know, they're free state soldiers who were killed during the Civil War. And the third one is a man called Denny Lacey, who was a Republican who was killed during the Civil War. So I think this was kind of a, maybe a, a gesture of reconciliation on behalf of the, of the free state side. Um, so, you know, we have this kind of material yes. on display as well. And it, it, I suppose it shows just what a complex period it was um, at the time. And it's, it's so interesting just to see, you know, these objects that you see in photographs, like the walking stick or like that banner, you can see it in the, in the footage of the take over Portobello. It's just amazing when you see them, you can see yes. it in real life as well yes. beside it. It's wonderful. So the message today is the Michael Collins, you don't have to book in, go up there, show up at the door and you'll go in and all those other things are going on as well. But yeah, the, and you can see them as well. Yeah, yeah, I have to say, and I say this to my listeners, go and see it, but you know, I have to say a guided tour is something special. They will yeah. become available as the autumn rolls out and into winter, won't they? Yes.
yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, like, you know, we, I, you know the, we, we're putting them up all the time. So yeah. if you just keep an eye on the website, yes. um, <laughs> uh, you, you, hopefully people should be able to get a, a place. Like, it's, it's, I suppose it's a, it's a great complaint to have that, yeah. um, you know, there's so much interest uh, in, in visiting the jail. Uh, and I suppose one of the things we say to people is, like, if even if you can't do the tour of the jail, to come along to the museum yes. and see the collection because, you know, it's, it is one of the most significant collections of it material related to kind of modern Irish uh, political and revolutionary yes, history. it is indeed. And just a word before you go, how long will this uh, exhibition run for of Michael Collins stuff? Uh, it'll be on display till the end of the year. Great. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me no on this problem. special day, Brian. Take care of yourself. Thanks a million. Thank bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Brian Crowley there, who is curator of collections at Kilmainham Jail Museum. Go see it. It's well worth it. And do book the tour if you can. Thank you so much for all the lovely messages about Slav. Yes, Slav Vavro passing away yesterday. And there are too many of you just to mention you all individually. But the messages are all similar. They really are similar. People are so sad to hear of his passing and thank you indeed for your lovely sentiments. We appreciate them all and we'll pass them on to the family, I promise you. Now I did say in my little promo for the show today that Ibsen wrote A Doll's House back in 1750 something around that time. But you know something, the house has been coming a reality in 2022 in the town of Drogheda because Drogheda Dolls are opening their Dolls House in the coming days. And I'm delighted to say its founder is with me on the show. You're so welcome back, Natalie Kelly. Hello, Jerry. <laughs> How are you? Good to be here, actually, see it in person. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a change from yeah. the old phone or Zoom or whatever, doesn't it? It's great to have you with us. Well, congratulations. You've uh, brought a dream to reality. Uh, where is it and, and, and how did it come about the premises tell me it's more like a crazy mad idea as usual all the dolls know the way I go on but um, I suppose probably since um, maybe a year ago I was thinking of some sort of a room for us to gather in and it kind of stemmed from that and it was generally from the amount of posts we would get on the page of people being lonely and uh, and then I was thinking maybe we could have an area in it for um food and clothes so that people could come. The thing with poverty and stuff like that is people don't have a choice. So if you've 20 euro in your wallet at the end of the week, you don't have a choice what you spend it on. So you go into um, the likes of Little or Aldi or one of the local shops. There's very little you can get with that money. Whereas if they come into the food store, they have a little bit of a choice. If they come into the, um, because it's all free, like and they come into the clothing store, just because you're on the poverty line or down in your luck for a couple of months or weeks, it doesn't mean you have to get seconds. So there's brand new clothes in, in the store as well, in, in in the shop, sorry, in the doll's house. So it kind of, it came from that kind of feeling of, well, why does someone who's on the poverty line deserve a bag of seconds when, do you know? And um, it's also to try and empower Power people as well on the poverty line who have no choice to be on the poverty line. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's all about empowering these women and anyone that we come in contact with in the doll's house. So it kind of went from there. I went to a lot of the local estate agents and all of the buildings were um, very badly run down, needed a lot of repair. You're talking maybe 50 grand to get it off the ground. And I'd rather spend 50 grand on food and clothes for people or help someone that was, you know, dying of cancer or something like that than actually spending it doing up a building that wasn't even ours. So um, I had seen uh, down in Workspace in Majority Street, I'd seen an ad for a place down there. And I never really use my name. I always say, like, Jane Kelly. My name's Natalie Jane Kelly. So, you know, it's not... I'm not looking for any kind of favours or anything um, and the minute I walked in I met a lovely man Jared McClink that uh, Gerard McClink he's the manager down there and he looked at me and he said I know you and I said oh no and he said uh, you uh, your group donated 11,000 to the Trader Lodge and I'll look after you so there it was we had our house <laughs> so Moralty Street is where you are in the workspace here yes there. I'm very grateful to Paul Lappin um, the landlord down there he's given us really good discounts and we were able to fundraise on the page we got 10,000 in 10 days and we were able to pay for our rent up front for the year 
and our electricity and also the rates and the insurance. So it just means that I don't have that worry that we have it for the year and we can concentrate on doing lots of good in it in the year. And if people like it, then hopefully they'll donate to the cost of it next year. Yes. So uh, and this isn't like, you know, you said a space where people can meet, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And people who are lonely. And now it's become by extension much more than that, because as you said, you have your shop there uh, in the place and you also have a kitchen. Mm-hmm. You have a kitchen in it as well, boutique shop, food store and a place where people can have a cup of coffee and that as well. So this is a, a significant addition to the life of Drogheda and the, and the greater Drogheda area. Um, like we're very much an online community. We started yes. out online. The idea was to bring a community together online because mm. we are very online in this world. We only spoke about that a few minutes ago about your life being on the phone, you losing your phone and your life being on the phone. Yes. So um, it was and we're, we're very different in, in as far as our group started online. We fundraise online and a lot of charities are finding it very hard to do that. But I don't know any different. So and now I'm trying to bring it a little bit into the real world because there is a need. There is a genuine need in Drogheda for and every other town in Ireland I'm sure there's loneliness and it's the biggest thing I went out to a woman's house she hadn't seen one single person in three weeks not one single soul um, and that is heartbreaking and nobody rang her nothing um, and there's people like that everywhere mm. so if she felt okay there's a place I can go down on a Tuesday and have a cup of tea and maybe meet a friend and that's what it's about so um, there's that it's bringing the online world I suppose into the real world and um, so the loneliness is a big thing the poverty and I think with the cost of living and everything this year going so highly up we'll probably be very busy at Christmas You are going to be busy that is for sure so for for the year ahead are you guaranteed supplies you mentioned some of the the stores and multiples who are going to back you and with donations will that continue for the year will you you be able to stock your shops on that basis I hope so like I'm I really it's not that I don't have a plan but I'm relying on um, people's mm. kindness all the time and people really shock me in the way that they would just come up trumps like the dolls are just unbelievable um, you know the things that I'm sure over the weekend we'll have lots of donations of food um, we're just doing dried food at the moment because it's easy to store and yes. all that um, the boutique is full to the brim and we do have I'm very lucky there's a girl that offered me a storage unit she's actually one of the girls on the committee and she's offered me a storage unit out in her house so we can actually keep the seasons so you know we have like the winter stuff out there at the minute we've the autumn mm. stuff out and we can rotate it um, and we have it all packed really well and everything so I hope to God like it's that people in the town and lots of the companies do actually get on board um, I've emailed some of the companies I emailed every single councillor in the town and three of them donated to the cause um, and I was very grateful to Michelle Hall Joanna Byrne and Paddy McQuillan for those donations so it's really important to back um, something like this like if you know if I see somebody there was a young girl starting a youth club at Walls Grove there was um, those guys you know that were doing the men um, thing uh, for men's mental health so I would always try and back stuff, someone like that even if it's just a 500 euro check or a 250 check because it's very important when someone's starting out an initiative that they do have the backing of the community. And will you just accept people's bona fides as they come to you? If they come, do they have to prove themselves, you know, that they're down on their luck or do you just accept them at their work? So in the building itself, downstairs, there is a really, really large room and that we've furnished that to look like, I I didn't want it to be a sterile environment. Some of the stigma against poverty and stuff like that and people hate going in and asking. So I wanted it to be the minute they go in that building, they feel the love and they feel empowered and they feel okay to to spill what they want to say. So downstairs is that tea and coffee room and then a more private upstairs is the store for your food and your clothing. But I was very, very kindly gifted um, a lot of building supplies by Wogan's uh, building supplies there in the North Road, Jerry Dillon and uh, Garrett Wogan himself. And we were able to build a little office up there and I can we can take them in into the office. Um, we do have a little vetting system there and we can talk to them and, and it's private and they can have a little cry if they want or, you know, and tell us what their needs are. And the idea is that we would help them with food and clothing so that they can spend the money then on the bills and the rent and the heating. Yes. And that's the idea behind it's it. It's a terrific concept. It really is. What's your opening hours? 
So we have no opening hours at the minute. Uh, it's going to be run by volunteers. Yes. So um, and obviously we've lots of volunteers, but we do need more. Mm. Um, and at the moment we're just doing the open house next this weekend coming. Yes. Um, and we're going to do a coffee morning, and we're literally going to take it from there and see how it it'll goes. be organic. It'll it develop. Exactly. I try to do everything like that. I try. I didn't plan out to do this on the Drada Dolls page. I didn't plan out to do kind of where it's going. I'm just going with, it and I'm listening to people, and that's the thing. I'm trying to listen to the community what they want what they need and this the Hadal's house is really from listening and this is what we came mm. up with from listening there is a little till in the in the shop and um, we have little kindness notes there so when they leave that they get a little kindness note um, there's trolleys like if they have children with them that the children don't see it as a handout like that they see it as you know going in and it's it's a very much a, a positive thing for every mm. for the whole family if they come in mm. we have a hamper making session we do an awful lot of hampers especially at Christmas time and around you know uh, different things like that so uh, if someone was sick or anything like that we send them out a hamper and I mean we can't reach everybody mm. but um, we're trying to reach as many as we can and it's sometimes difficult sometimes you do have to say no and um, but it's all around that kind of like just trying our best and there's a group of girls there a group of really core volunteers they're absolutely amazing I mean Anna O'Brien is my right hand woman I couldn't do anything without her um, and genuinely just looking out for each other and making sure we're all okay and then we can make sure everyone else is okay yes. and that's really important as well Remind us again when did you start this how long ago? So I kind of started the page five years ago, but nobody really listened to me <laughs> <laughs> till about two and a half years ago. I was flabbering on there on my own. Um, and I was like, I, I always would have done little kindness acts and stuff like that. But um, I suppose more just as COVID hit, um, we did the kindness month. Do you remember yes, that? Yes. And I think, um, yeah, it really did people did go do you know what like life's too short and life is too short look at poor Slav mm. you know we lost Eileen Laura loads of girls on the group over the last while oh yes and that's important to mention this uh, doll's house is dedicated to the memory of the late Eileen Rush and Laura Riley yeah so yes. obviously they both meant an awful lot to me um, and Eileen I never knew until she approached me and through Grania Black and I to do the fundraisers um, and Laura, you know, Laura would have told, I would have spoke to Laura in a couple of days before she passed away. And um, Laura loved the dolls. Like she literally loved the dolls. Any of her friends will tell you that. And she'd be always the first one to text me and say, like, you got this, Natalie. Or, you know, if there's anything going on, she'd be the first one. And me and Anne used to go into the doll's house and it would be completely empty and it would have to be in Hoovered and everything. And we'd find little things like little feathers and stuff. And I just really felt like they were with us on our journey. And that sometimes I'd come out at night and the sky would be so pink like. And I'd say, that's you, Laura, tell me. Because sometimes you doubt yourself and you're like, oh, are we doing the right thing? Mm. Will it be good enough? Will people like it? Is the space too small? Is it too this? Is it too that? So, I mean you're kind of always wondering what people expect. Yes. Um, and I don't want to disappoint anyone. So I just felt they were with me. You never have. Let me say you never have. And you mentioned Slav there. And I know you were on to me early today to say how sad you were about it because mm. the dolls help so much there as well. Look, I know you, you know me. And this hasn't always been plain sailing for you. It's fair to say there are a small, tiny minority of people that you get grief from. And I often say to you, you know, I've said it to you here today and I'm sure people have said to you, why do you put yourself out there? You know what I mean? And the good you do, it's just unbelievable. When you get some of that, does it ever make you question what you're doing? Yes, of course. I'm only human. Um, I always say to people, like, you think of the starfish story, like it matters to... Do you remember the little boy picking up all the starfishes along the beach and the old man said... You're, it's pointless like and he said he threw, picked up the starfish and threw it and see well it's not pointless to that one so like it's just it's very important just to keep going with what you believe in and I do believe in I can't help everybody but I can help one person and keep trying and helping the next and the next and that's the way it goes um, like everything in life there's a flip side there's a positive and negative and as positive as you try and be there's not uh, it, it can be negative and I'm only human I um, I have feelings and 
I I am affected by the negativity about the online abuse, about different things that you get. You might get a horrible message off someone for no reason. Sometimes people just say, would you do this or do this? And it's not necessarily, hi Natalie, how are you? And it's like, you have to do your job and this is not my job, like this is voluntary. So there's an expectancy there and it's just very important to speak to somebody who is in a voluntary role um, correctly and nicely and I would do the same back to them. As regards negativity, I don't respond to it. I've had to address negativity on the group recently, um, but I don't respond with I try not to respond with anything other than kindness and compassion in my heart. For people that do abuse online, I genuinely feel sorry for them. And that's the God's and honest truth, because um, I don't wish them any bad. I don't have any anything towards them badness. Um, and I just wish them really, really well. And I wish it wasn't the case. I wish we could all just be a community and be friends. But it is the way it is. I was only telling you a story there about my daughter. She came in to me the other day and she was playing on a blackboard and her and her friend had a little fight and she said to me, Mam, how do you write I hate you? And I said, Summer, she's only six. I said, don't write I hate you. I said, write I love you. And she said, no, no, I'm not doing that. And I said, write that and see what happens. So she went off out with I love you and a little heart on the board. And they were playing and the little girl hugged her and that was that. And it's a train of thought and it's very much about keeping yourself on that train of thought. I'm not trying to shove it down anyone's throat. And just trying my best as a person in our community to help others. And I have a lovely group of girls there, 20,400 of us. And I'm so proud of every single one of them because they genuinely keep me going and they keep the belief that we have to live a better world. Like Slav passed away yesterday and his life meant something. All our lives mean something. It's so important to have compassion that every person feels needed and wanted. And why live on this earth and do anything other than make it easier for other people and not have hate in your heart. And I have zero hate in my heart for any of them. And I think um, it's really important that people know that there is a flip side to this and it does affect your mental health. I feel so sorry for any parents going through bullying or anything like that because it has affected my mental health to the point of frustration over it and feeling I want to reply and I want to do this, but I also want to, to have compassion and remain dignified. So... It, it, it's so frustrating and it's really hard but you have to try and do what you believe in You've just delivered a message for the world <laughs> <laughs> Did I? <laughs> Thanks yes, um, yes you have You have I'm sitting here fixated yeah. I feel deep emotion I'm really touched by what you've just said and if that message were adopted in all our communities here in Ireland in this little country and beyond mm -hmm. God wouldn't this be such a world to live in it really would like I have I have back pain daily right and I don't talk about it to many people but I genuinely have a severe back pain in my back I go into hospital every three or four months and I get uh, relief for it and I get laser treatment and different things on my back and I think with that kind of pain and anxiety from that I do see it in others and I think it gives you an extra little bit of compassion I don't want anyone to be in that sort of pain or feel that sort of feeling and I think you have to grow on that and take that whatever's in your life and work on that for other people so if I say I try to use that and if I see someone like in pain or this that the other I'd always be the first to oh I'll get you a tablet or I'll do this I'll do that and it's just the little things that are so important to people um, holding a door like you see it on the group all the time giving someone 20 euro to get a taxi home and they didn't have it and we've got a little sisterhood there going on like you see the stickers on the cars now um, I don't know even if like Alison was only saying to me Alison come the other day there was her and another girl and they had stickers on their car and they both went well you know well darling and mm. it's it's just about a sense of community and looking out for each other because anything less it's not worth it it's not worth being angry it's not worth not having that like do you know what I mean life is so short it is and and that's what we all we go around like ants you know nearly like ants if you watch them in the in the wildlife mm -hmm. you know things David Attenborough that the way he analyses them and they work away and nearly at times we're like that mm -hmm. ourselves and we don't realise this is a finite existence that we, we're on and journey here before you, we know it in a blink of an eye yeah it, it can be all over mm -hmm. you, look at I, 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 I'm not a member of the dolls by the way I'm not a member of the dolls myself anyway just <laughs> honorary, to get honorary. that right honorary. <laughs> uh, but you did message just before the weekend there to say you took the page offline and you said that I, I, I'm closing this group until Monday it's open now again and, and, and I quote you, you say I feel very much like giving it all up 
Mm-hmm. It's the first time I genuinely felt like that because this is kind of going on since February, and um, I wasn't I wasn't shopping in the town until like the last couple of months, and I wasn't shopping because I don't know what these people are are looking like, and I wasn't going to like subject my children to walking across the town and maybe something happening. So I was shopping in Dundalk, and no offence, Dundalk, but I really would like to be out shopping in with the town that I'm promoting. I'm sure everybody likes to shop in their own place. <laughs> yeah, and I, I do love an out shopping in Dundalk yes, every now and again, yeah. but not like if I have to go and do my groceries every week or anything. So, yeah, um, I was kind of shopping in the town, and, or outside the town, and only in the last couple of months was shopping back in Drada. And I just didn't want to go back there again. I don't want to. I want to shop in, my, in the town I love so much. So, so you actually went outside of where you live for peace and quiet. Well, just um, and and and, yeah. and a fear of somebody maybe mm-hmm. pointing you out and yeah, you know, calling you out or, or maybe just shouting at me. Shouting or, at I don't you, know. I, like I, I don't yeah. know. I just had this real anxiety because of everything. Yeah, but I'm not doing it. I I did go downtown on Friday and Saturday, yeah. so I said this time I'm not doing it and. I mean, I was greeted by a good few dolls. Yes. And it's just important. I had my child with me, but I also had a little backup group mm. with me. And it's just, I don't want to seem like, oh, I'm this, like, I don't know. But I just, I'm only human. Yes. And I am only human. She has and a I'm heart. only five foot two and a half. Yeah, well. she said it here. And, uh, <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to fight anyone. <laughs> I understand all that. But look, there is always a, a, a small minority. And it has to be said in the context of 20,400 people, it is a very small minority. Yeah. Look, you're one woman from the first time I met you and you told me about your back and all that entail. And you've been with me on many occasions since. That really does I will say this more than anyone I ever meet on this show touch me deeply oh. <laughs> and I want to say I this to you I could see your tears I was like don't start Jerry <laughs> I want to say this to you keep on doing what you're doing but mind yourself mm-hmm. mind yourself and your family it's a very important thing to say when does the house open? So it's open Saturday and Sunday and it's um, 12 to 5 each day and um Everyone's invited to come down and have a look and have a cup of tea and hopefully it's the start of something amazing. It certainly is. And you are some woman, Natalie Kelly, for one woman. You're fantastic. You really are. Thank you for joining me today. Congratulations and best wishes with the house. And just for you, you're like myself. You love her, don't you? I do. It's Miss (laughs) Kylie Minogue for Miss Natalie Kelly. God bless you. Thank you. looking out people always looking of children for things to do to keep them occupied get out and about especially and something that doesn't cost a fortune well my next guest has something that i'd say will interest a lot of people and while away lots of time i'm delighted to have a chat now with pat gillick about his mystery trails hello pat Hi, Jerry. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Sharing some late song. lunch with you and your listeners. <laughs> You're welcome. That's <laughs> lovely. Nobody's ever said it. Sharing a late lunch. I really like that. I'm going to use that line right. in the future. Uh, well done we, to you, Pat. <laughs> we both have none, no lunch, I bet. Um, <laughs> no lunch is right. Anyway, will you tell our listeners, what is uh, your business, Mystery Trails, all about? Yeah, well, Mystery Trails, um, a father of four kids, I suppose, um, it come up with the idea of um, the things to do. And during the lockdown, with the five-mile lockdown uh, yeah. restrictions, I come up with um, fun ways to entertain yourself on the same walk. So we, I made a, a started with a treasure hunt and then I started doing murder mysteries or detective mysteries whodunits mm. and then I, I broadened my horizons to the villages next door and to the towns and um, I think every town's got a story to tell and I wanted to tell it see we're, we I think it's an Irish thing but tourists come into the country and they love to visit castles and and take pictures of yes. plaques and stuff and we never do it so mm. I thought if we had a fun way to do it and learn a bit 
of history and get out into the great outdoors and explore what's on our doorstep. So that's where the idea stemmed from um, with the help of my wife and uh, my grown-up children now that they are. Yes. Um, we come up with this plan and um, we started and it's flying. It's a great way of seeing things. It's cheap. Well, and um, that's that's basically the yes. gist of it, Jerry. Yeah, and, and you know, you're right. I was only watching... Uh, I was in Dublin yesterday up at the horse show and we were round and about and I was watching tourists actually doing what you're saying, going to statues, going to plaques, taking pictures of themselves there. And that applies, as you say, to every town and village in Ireland. So really, I I was looking at your your website this morning, in particular in relation to Louth and Mead, where we're situated here. And you have a number of guides in Louth and and, and a lot in Mead, I have to say, for the different towns and areas. So what do you do? Do you do you do you research this yourselves and then put it together how does that yeah, work yeah yeah we just I, I tried well I, I'll be honest I started with the tourist traps because yeah. I wanted to get the thing up and going but when you realise that towns like Drogheda Kells the steep the history the thousands of years mm. of history and um, so in a fun way so, so basically um, we have a team three different teams whether it's a whodunit which is a cross between a real life game of Cluedo and a table quiz Mm. Um, treasure hunts basically is to follow the route find what needs to be found and solve 21 sneaky clues that's hidden along yes statues and hidden stuff stuff that no one would find unless you're really looking and and believe you me I'd be really looking (laughs) (laughs) so you, you, you just go online you download it you print it off and away you go. It's easy to follow. Start route. It's three kilometres long. It's wheelchair, pushchair and pet friendly. It, it doesn't cost you anything. You can bring your whole family, your whole works group. Off you go. You can t- make it a game of it. And we provide no trail goes unsolved. There's a free text service. If you get stuck on any clue, we'll help you solve it. And when you're finished, you can text us and we'll let you know if you're right or wrong. <laughs> That's the gist of it, Jerry. It, I know the idea. It's a great idea. It's just getting it out there to people. And yes. uh, trust me that uh, for a great day out for €12, Euro, it's, it's a great day out. It is. And it's all there for you. I've looked at it myself. It's really well put together. It's clever. And as you say, the sky's the limit with this. This can go anywhere. You know, this is yourself. Yeah. 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 Well, please God, but uh, I, 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 oh, my wife has hit me on the shoulder. I want to offer your listeners a uh, 25% discount off. If they enter LMFM at okay. checkout, yeah, they can, they can download. Yes, yes. Try one, try, yes. uh, try one. They're very addictive now. I must say that, that anyone that does them loves them and they'll come back looking for more. And you don't need children. Treasure hunts, okay, are designed for the younger person. It's more more of a hide-and-go-seek game, but they need adults to solve the clues. It's a family. It's designed for family, couples, your friends, a group, to turn an afternoon walk into an adventure. You'll really enjoy them, trust me, and that comes with a guarantee. (laughs) I'll tell you, how does a married man in the country ever have a shoulder left on him with all the belts (laughs) and getting the shoulder? (laughs) Yeah, or or three daughters, so... uh, There you go. I I deserve to be out and about, don't I? (laughs) You do, you do, indeed. You deserve to go on a mystery trail yourself, to be honest with you. But look, um, we like this. We spotted it and we really like it, and that's why I wanted to have we chat with you today just to to, to let people know about it because it is people are always looking I know this when you have children what do we do where are we going what's next and here's something that is really innovative and will open up a vista on your local area or if you're visiting anywhere you can pick it up as well so uh, online it is mysterytrails.ie that's it, Jerry. Thank you. Thanks yeah, very much thanks. for joining me, Pat, today, and I wish you all well with it. Ah, oh, you're very good. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Pat that. Gillick there. Uh, worked in Drawn actually for a long part of his career, based in Virginia and Cavan. Now, check them out. They're fascinating. Mysterytrails.ie. If you're looking for something to do, especially this last weekend before the schools get back into, into kilter. But you look, it'll be lovely weather as well, September and October, please God, to uh, go on a mystery trail. I'm sure you remember the scene hole opened, part of the pitch disappeared and Mahara Clun had no place to play and we spoke to them on late launch back then. Well today the news is good, they have a new pitch and they're back playing on it and I'm delighted to say hello to the chairperson Francis Jones. Hello Francis. Hello 
Jerry. How you doing? I'm really good. Well, congratulations. You're back up and running again. I suppose for listeners, where are you? Where are, are the new grounds uh, in relation to where you were? Well, they're not, not that far away from the old grounds. So further, as you had done there, between Calvin Cross and Kingscote, they're the Kingscote side of um, where we were on the opposite side of the road, beside Maritoon Service Station. Oh, yes, yes. I, I know that myself there. That's a good landmark for anybody. And yeah. Francis, the $64 million question, there's nothing beneath the new pitch now, mm. is that that's going to give way? No, no, there's nothing beneath it. it it's quite safe, so it is. It's, it's safe. And tell us this, in the, the days of uh, immediately after, should I say, when the sinkhole opened, it looked bleak. You know, you're, you're, suddenly your pitch is gone, it's unplayable. W- where have you been in the inter- interim as vagabonds? Yeah, like when it, when it happened, it's coming up on four years ago now next month when it, when, it, when it happened. It was, as you say, things were bleak for us. But we had to get ourselves organised and set up a temporary training grounds for training and playing juvenile matches. And our senior teams, both men and ladies, were borrowing pitches all around us. We were grateful every club, both within our county and the surrounding counties, for offering their pitches when we needed them. Mm, so the GA community came together and came to your aid and helped you stage all your matches and it, it didn't interrupt you too much, too much bar the inconvenience, I know, of travelling to the different venues. Uh, w- when you get a new site, does it take long, you know, to lay the pitch and develop it? When, did, when, did the pitch, when was the pitch laid that you're now playing on? The pitch... The pitch Actually, it was, it was sold on the 9th of September last year, so it was. So it's just come up in 12 months since it was sold, but there's a bit of groundwork and all that. It took a bit from start to finish, 18 months. Mm. From that, That's from start of construction. Yeah. Not bad at all, I have not, to say. Not bad, no. You know, no, and, no. and it's took well since September last year to open now. Who did you play in the first game back? What what, what happened? We played New Hamlet in the, in, um, the Championship, so we did. But listen, the facilities were good, but the result wasn't the best for us, but... That'll come. Ah, it'll come, of course, yeah. with time, wasn't it? Just a joy to be back there. And I'm sure there was a pep in everyone's step. Oh, there was. Like, we opened it last, this day week, last Monday, for our members to come and for all the young kids to bring a ball and have a kick around. And it was a great, it was a great vibe. And as you said, pep in the step of everyone. Mm, ah, look, it's a real good story and you're, you're sorted now. By the way, back where you were, anything happened with the sinkhole since or is it just the way it was? No, no, just, just the way it was, the way Jerry, it was so it is. When you yeah. left it, there you are. Yeah. So yeah. all the ground survey done, the rock solid beneath you and now you have the foundations to go on and uh, lift all those trophies. With, with the help of God, with the help of God. <laughs> Francis, thank you for joining me on the show today. Take care of yourself. No, no problem, you're welcome. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That's Francis Jones there. Maharet Clue, Chairperson, they're in their new grounds. Yes, I knew the Do Hamlet result just didn't go their way, but sure, that's only a, 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 a small thing or a small bump on the road for them, please God. Louise, uh, first time, it took me a long time to get to the Dublin Horse Show yesterday. Oh, oh look at you. What a day we had. Never what a been. day in weather as well. Look at me face. Look at the, look at the sun was beating down mm-hmm. on me in the main stand. I have to say... The biggest thank you to Floor Madden, who looked after us yesterday. So well, Floor, we had such a day. It was just unbelievable. A day we'll never forget. It's unbelievable. You, you can't really grasp it, Louise, till you're there. All that's going on, you know, all the different rings and related equine matters, the stalls that are there. And then, of course, the main arena. Oh, it was great competition yesterday for the Puissance, Louise. The big the big prize individually. Now, we won, you know, we won the, the Aga Khan on Friday mm. in a jump off against France. But yesterday, it went seven horses out of the 40 went into a jump off, you know, for the title. And we were there. All oh, the Irish were there right to the end. We were just pipped again. France won the the, the, the big individual yesterday. So we won the team on but Friday. They're probably one of our main competitors. Yeah, they are. They? they are. Yeah. But there was horsemen and women from all over the world there. And to see them at close quarters firsthand was just simply marvellous. Oh, great day. Great day. And thanks again, Flor. Really, really appreciate it. Hey. I was looking in um, one of your stores magazines the weekend. <laughs> the one you don't go into. <laughs> the, the stores I don't go into. Look, at each weekend, you know in the newspapers, you get the bulletins from Aldi and Lidl. And of course, I mightn't go there, but I always have to peruse through them. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm curious. And there just might be something. I see bird feeders there. But Louise, let's call a spade a spade. There are really some useless things stocked, aren't there? Would you admit that? Would well, you, would you? What, what are you talking about there now? Well, do you know what I'm looking at here? 
a winter fleece plant cover <laughs> for three ninety nine. Protect your plants from cold wind and rain, intense sunlight and pests, permeable to moisture, light and airy. It's like a plastic bag over the plant. Three ninety nine. Now, is that not the most useless thing you ever I'd agree with you there. Yeah, I couldn't oh, see in the, the name of God. point of that now. And I, I want Unless to po- you were, you know, absolutely <laughs> adored your plants and it was worth maybe 10,000 euro or something. It was gold in it. Give me a break. Give me, Lord, give me patience. I'm looking up to the heavens here. And then I saw this. Listen to this. Mm. The headline says, keep spiders away. It's called a spider catcher. Let me read the little spiel with it. Easily remove spiders, moths and crane flies from hard to reach ceilings and corners without harming them. Now, I like the without harming them, but I'm looking at this thing for nine ninety nine a tenner. I love it. What? I'd buy two of them. One for downstairs and one for upstairs. Actually, I'd buy three, one for under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. It saved me roaring for my son or my husband every time to get rid of them or... Folks, yathering them or getting the Hoover. Folks, help me here, please help me. The Hoover struggling. up at the up on the ceilings. Is there anyone out there who'd buy a spider catcher for a tenner? Is there anybody in late launch land would spend a tenner on a spider it's catcher? It's a great idea. You oh. didn't like the egg slicers. Well, well, no, no, I don't say that. I, no, no, I can't say that. I, I sort of had laughed at them when I saw them. I said, God, did they do these anymore? Because I thought <laughs> they were relics of old history, of ancient history. But come on. Keeping spiders away, a spider catcher, nine euro ninety nine, oh eight six, eighteen hundred six five eight. Is there anybody out there would speculate a tenner on a spider catcher? Apart Louise from me. Louise is spending thirty on them. She wants three <laughs> of them for her house. Spiders are you afraid of spiders? Yes. I don't do spiders. Spiders are God's creatures. They're very lucky. They were close to Christ. They really are. And whenever I see them, I, I wouldn't I'd never harm a spider I'd catch them but I have ways of catching them without a spider catcher well, I can't. catch them in no, your hands no 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 what no not a chance would I put a spider in my hand it, honest to god if, if my kids even said here ma'am look at the spider I would run <laughs> I like speedy Gonzalez gone I have to say uh, I, I, I I smiled and I said I'm going to talk to Louise about that on late lunch <laughs> tomorrow anyway the spider catcher and what was the other you thing you ever want to get rid of me just put a load of spiders <laughs> in front of me winter fleece plant covers <laughs> it's nearly like getting compassionate leave for your pet <laughs> don't get me started again 086 658 by whatsapp or text want to say hello to a big fan of late lunch on LMFM radio Margaret, hello Margaret from Sandpit. Margaret from Sandpit. I know she listens to us every single day of the week, doesn't she? She does, absolutely. Loves Loves the show and delighted that you're tuned in to us. And thanks. Such a lovely lady. Yes, and thanks for the lovely words and the compliments. We really do appreciate it. Anyway, Margaret, just for you on late lunch as we head to news, weather, and sport at three o'clock, it's Paul Simon, me, and Julio down at the schoolyard with a spy the catcher. (laughs) Here we go. Mama pajama rolled out of bed and she ran to the police station. When the papa found out, he began to shout and he started the investigation. Jerry, I have a beautiful picture of Michael Collins in uniform. It's very old and not signed. Would it be worth anything? It'd be worth bringing it to somebody who could value it. That's for sure. I wouldn't be able to uh, give an opinion one way or the other, but there are experts out there who could. Many people offering congratulations and best wishes to Drogheda Dolls. For example, Natalie and our group are such wonderful people. And listening to her speaking just now, the people of Drogheda think so too. Wishing you every success with your Dolls House. Mary, yes, the Dolls House in Meralty Street in Drogheda. Hi, Jerry. Tell Nat- Natalie to you know what the begrudges and keep doing her good work. That comes in from Thomas this afternoon. Another one there from Jill and so on. They go lots and lots of positivity and love for Natalie Kelly from Drogheda Dolls. I ain't surprised. Louise, I don't think you're going to sleep and I think you'll need five of them spider catchers when you look at that <laughs> message there. Tell the listeners, look at that message. Now We've got lots of messages about the spiders, but that one's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Go on, tell them, tell them, tell them. It says, just to cheer Louise up, humans swallow an average of eight spiders every year while sleeping. The average person swallows 52 spiders over the course of a lifetime. <laughs> oh, but they'd have to be minuscule little things that you'd I'm hardly I'm still sleeping see. on my face from now on <laughs> in. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll be up all night. You'll be getting text messages from me at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you have spooked one LMFM person, whoever you are sending us in that message. But Can't a, be true. Can't be true. Well, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, John's with me. Jam Jar and Cowboard to catch them, Jerry. Patricia pleads, don't kill them, please. Uh, bees and wasps, uh, I can't take them, says Deirdre, but spiders are okay. Thank you, Deirdre. And uh, another one there, uh, Paula says squash them. Paula, will you go away out of that? Do not, they're helpless little Who creatures. Them? <laughs> oh, even worse. Water. So they're they're done if they go into the hoover. Although it depends maybe where you enter the bag and they'll survive. But the spider season is on the way. Just be reassured by those words. There'll be a run on them bloody things in Aldi this week after mentioning them (laughs) to catch them and put them out safely. Oh, I'm okay actually because if you read on that message, it says that facts is that the odds of swallowing even a single spider um, are very low. No, no, you're like me. Our odds are. Uh, zero. Uh, really, honest to God, we, we, you and I swallow them. Because <laughs> we never stop talking, even in our sleep. The spiders have to go somewhere. Anyway, on late lunch, round about this time, every day of each week, it's time for this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Yes, my Artists of the Week this week were formed in 1970 by, oh, you know it now, don't you? Brian Ferry and Graham Simpson. Yes, Roxy Music were a huge draw in the 70s and into the 80s with a string of hit singles and successful albums. Ferry, the story about Ferry is he lost his job as a ceramics teacher in a girls' school. That's what he did, yes. And he decided to turn to his great passion, music, and explore the possibilities. He advertised for collaborators to which Simpson replied, becoming a co-founder. Others were then recruited to form a six-piece who performed extensively and whose demo tape caught the attention of DJ John Peel and the people at Melody Maker magazine who championed their cause. Their first album, bearing the band's name, made top 10 in the UK in 72, was certified gold and delivered a top five hit on the singles chart with Virginia Plain. Roxy were on the way and today I begin my week of plays with this one, a Roxy standard bearer from 75. Where the beat goes on, stitched up tight, can't shake love is the drug on me. music my artists of the week this week on late lunch and love is the drug i'll pick out another great roxy song for you tomorrow and tell you more about them around about this time final break this monday afternoon and we started early on in the show uh, talking uh, about the centenary of the death of michael collins well sean boylan is with us next nothing to do with sport but all to do with collins I'm always delighted to have a chat with my next guest on the show, Sean Boylan. Welcome back. <laughs> thank you very much, Jerry, and likewise. How are you? I'm really good, and thank you for joining me on this auspicious day, the 100th anniversary of the death of Michael Collins. Is it fair to say that your dad, Sean, was his right-hand man? Ah, look, um, a lot of people like to say that, but he certainly was very close to him. They, they first would have met in, they were in jail in England, and uh, then afterwards... And the whole movement at home and so on. And, um, um, yeah, he would have looked. Oh, there would have been a huge connection there, an absolutely huge connection, like right, with the army council, and like and the, in, in, in sort of in nineteen twenty one, they were part of the army council. There were five pro treaties, there were five anti treaties that addressed them all and so on. And there were famous names like from Dan Breed to Michael Collins, just me to yeah. Dick McKay and the father and so on. But like um, they were all sort of men on a journey, and the journey was just sort of to give us a little bit of independence and pride in ourselves and, and the chance to be ourselves and, and so on. Daddy was a he was a massive part of it. There's no question. He would have first met Sean McDermott back in 1908. And they were all members of the IRB. Look, Collins was the catalyst for everybody. Really was, you know. Mm. 
And Sean, you know, you and your dad and his relationship and when you reflect on those times, I was saying to an earlier guest of mine, they have an exhibition on in uh, in the uh, jail in Dublin uh, of Collins memorabilia and stuff at the moment. But a hundred years on, this man still captures the imagination. There are still more questions than answers. What do you feel, Sean? Do you ever, and I know it's hard to speculate, had he lived, would we be living in a different Ireland, do you think? I think without question you would. I was privileged from the time I was seven until my father died when I was 27 and for the next 11 years after that, every Easter Saturday and every Christmas Eve, visiting a lady at Gloucester Street Convent, a sister at the Lawless, she was one of the Lawless of the Stores. Her brother Joel and Frank were very much involved in the movement and the guns in Balbriggan and all that carry on. But in all the things sort of written about Collins and so on, she's the least spoken to and yes, she was probably the one that was the closest to him um, outside of the people of the council with him in, this, in that she was a nun. She was uh, his secretary. Um, on every Easter Saturday and Christmas Eve from the time I was a child, it would be Sean, Mc, Sean McJohn or Sean McAtee, Dick McCahey or Jim Ryan, both sides of the fence, they all visited Etna on an Easter Saturday and Christmas Eve. But when my father died in 1971, until she died 11 years later, I was part, became part of that tradition. So unfortunately, that I would have met a lot of men who were involved, but there were both sides of the divide. And Ethel was the catalyst taken over in that respect. But like her knowledge of them, her understanding of them, um, uh, like so many people, like Bridgie Lyons Thomas and all those people were involved, they just, they were great women, those criminal women. They were so involved. And yet, they wanted no glory. They, all they wanted was a better Ireland. That's all they wanted. I remember my father died in 71, and a couple of weeks before he died, my mom was having an operation of the brain in, inside the matter. And um, going in to see her, because Daddy was dying, he'd taken a turn after she had gone in. And meeting Sean McAtee going in the door, he was going in to see Sean Lamas. And God rest him, he died a few weeks later. And uh, But he talked to me about being in our house on Easter Saturday, 1916. Mm. And a lot of it, that's the something belong to you is having a brain operation, your father's dying, it goes over your head. But, like, absolutely true. And, and um, that's, that's the company that they all kept. But it was anything to bring Ireland a one step nearer to freedom. Yes. And the big thing with Collins, more than anything else, when you asked me the original question was, his was the danger of going too far. Mm. The danger of going too far. And that was, and that was absolutely vital because when you know, that truce came along and then that treaty came along and Comet and Guiney picked him up at, um, in Dunleary. Comet and Guiney was a brother of Dennis Guiney. You know Cleary's? Yes. Yeah, Guiney's, yeah. And there's Guiney's shop and then Cleary's and so on. And um, he was, and the old general said, a lot of people against you. He said, I know that. I'm not raised boy, the boy is with you. I don't give a damn about the rest of them. But that was, that was an amazing relationship and so on, even down to the day before Partying with him on his way down to Cork, um, with Daddy probably be CEO Eastern Clan at the time, meeting and talking about it. And he said, Sean, I better go and I won't keep them waiting. They were his exact words. Mm. Why I mentioned Sister Ethel is because everybody, all, like even through the Civil War, and I remember seven years ago being in Clifton on a, at a, an arts festival and meeting Owen Harris, and Owen asked me, Why would Miss Devon not talk about When he said Devon talk about the period 1915 23. The reason he wouldn't talk about it to John Randall, who was the chief, the, the chief research actually for John, John, um, oh, the history of Ireland that was written, done by BBC in, in, yes. uh, in, in, back in 1966. Because, again, these men had all taken that oath, that oath was to the IRB. And that's how people forget like, that the, the rising was a mutiny. You know, my sister Frances was having a child in the coup in 1968, Catherine. And we're stopped with the lights and out. So Daddy's looking at Duffel's bar in church and he starts to smile. And I'm saying, what are you smiling at? And with Parkinson's, he was 88. And I said, I think I said it was a confession there at Easter Saturday, 1916. I said, what were you doing? I was bringing a load of hay to Smithfield. And I said, hang on, there were cabbage fields here then. You were a long way away from, you were a long way away from, you know, from Smithfield. And of course, where he was going was to McNeil's house because the rising was on, the rising was off. Do you understand? Yes. Um, Came across a letter a couple of years ago from Sean Collins abroad, found at Donald Hannigan's uh, Donald Hannigan's uh, house in, in Dundalk, who was the commander up there. 
And again, what most of these guys are doing is all the links that Collins had. And that was the day, the, the letter was that they had, first time they met was on the 31st of March 1916 in Pauly Pierce's house in St. Dennis and Ralph Farnham. They were above May Common, some brigadiers as they were home, right? And that's, but there were the links that were there. So what things be different? There would because Collins had an extraordinarily open mind to prove that the treaty negotiations. And like when the negotiations were going on, and there was a young man with the name of Winston Churchill, he was like the secretary to Lloyd George at the time. Mm. And they couldn't, you know, it was going on and going on and going on. And the, the famous story goes, Collins says, Stop. He said, will you make up your bloody mind, right? And that was the way Collins was. He cut the chase and whatever needed to be done. And he knew when he was doing what he did, he was signing his own death warrant. But if it was a step closer to freedom, then he wanted that. Yes. And, like, that was a passion. And he was infectious and he was contained. And like, in this, that, you know, he, there was no, there was no, Oh, there was no pettiness in the world in the man. And like, from a nation that had been suppressed for 700 years, to have a situation like this where you know, somebody who was standing up there and a community of people were with him. And like, you know, it's like 20, you know, Arthur Griffith's funeral the other day, when he was in prison, he appealed to the arts to save our country, our music, our song, our dance. You know what I mean? Yes. And like, everything was... And that whole culture there, and there were an extraordinary bunch of people. Mm. And Johnny, like, what things have been different? I have no doubt in my blessed mind. Yeah, and, and I think, Sean, like, as you said there, he went for what he thought was right. We gained, yes. struck for our freedom. We got so much, and he probably believed himself that it was the stepping stone to ultimately. Even, Car- even Carson, I said that. Yes, yes. Yeah, that six months. Yeah, that, 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 that the whole, uh, yeah. the, the island as, as one would be free. Sean, I have to leave it there today. Thank you for joining us on this auspicious day, as I said. I'm really honoured to be talking to you, Jerry. Thank Not you. at all. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye, 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 Sean. Bye-bye. That's Sean Boyle in there, whose dad really was so close to Collins. Would it have been different? The debate rages on, but he did everything in good faith. He thought he was doing the right thing. We got our freedom, uh, bar six, but... The uh, story rolls on and will roll on for years and years to come. That's it in late lunch for this Monday afternoon. Tomorrow, uh, I'll be joined by Caroline Horgan. What a lady she is. And uh, she's been recognised for her skills again when it comes to home uh, decor, etc. Scatterboxes, our business in Navin. Sinead Kelly's with us, uh, Veterinary Matters. And we'll have you two on Tuesday and more besides. That's it today. Eddie Caffrey's on the way with the drive. Have a lovely Monday evening and do come back and join us one thirty Tuesday for your late lunch. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 